Hi, I'm Dawn. <laughs> and I'm Colleen. And this is Austin and the E-Train. All right, apologies to listeners who are listening to this right now. This is, yes, my raspy voice. Uh, thanks to a sinus infection, but we really wanted to make sure that we got this out to you guys. Um, let's start off with the summary from, I don't know how you watched this. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I did. Okay, that's what I did. I couldn't find really anywhere else that was, well, for me, that was easily accessible to no, watch No, this on. was, like, not, I think it's on, like, Hulu Premiere Plus. Yeah, it's like, why are there so many different levels for Hulu? Like, that's not, that's not cool, man. Don't do and, that. And also, like, I think it's, if you have a Cinemax subscription through Amazon Prime, I think you can do it for free if you're really, like, um, a movie buff. But uh, yeah. I'm too forgetful to do, like, it was only a seven-day free trial, so I'm too forgetful for that kind of stuff. So yeah. I didn't oh, wait, opt I in for to, that. Hold on, I have to uh, double-check and make sure I didn't do that. I tried to be sneaky once and did something like that, and then I, and then I almost forgot to, like, cancel it before the trial, the trial was over. And I was like, what have I done? Oh, no. Anything less than a 30-day trial, I... Anything... Anything less than a 30-day trial, I don't trust myself with. That's valid. This edition has Alan Cumming and Gwyneth Paltrow starring in, starring in Emma, filling our favorite characters. This is from 1990... It's from 1986, produced by Miramax, and the director is... Like and subscribe if you cringe every time you see Miramax involved with any movie. So basically any movie before, like, what? Four years ago? When did all that stuff come out? I... Was it four years ago already? Was it only four years... Simultaneously, was it already four years ago? And it was only four years ago? I've lost time ever since March of 2020. Valid point. Yeah, like like and subscribe if you cringe every time you see Miramax, because um, they did pr- they were a part of this movie, which doesn't you know tamper the experience. But like whenever I see Miramax, I'm just like, oh no. Yeah, it's a little, little nasty. <sighs> I really liked the intro to this movie. Oh, the Amazon um, summary is an interesting one. It's literally, high society girl Gwyneth Paltrow plays matchmaker with varying results in this adaptation of Jane Austen's novel. Like, they don't even mention the novel, really, or, like, the actual plot. So to me, that's just really funny. It's like, okay. <laughs> the one on IMDb is a little bit better. It's, while matchmaking for friends and neighbors, a young 19th century Englishwoman nearly misses her own chances at love. I feel like that that's a little bit more on the nose. Oh, so I like the way that this um, production came about where the director, Douglas McGrath, I don't know what else he's done. Um, he Basically, he was studying undergrad at Princeton and he that was when he first read the book and he basically fell in love with it and he thought it would be a great idea for a film. And I think you can really tell that this guy, that this person loves Emma as a book and as a like as a character because like as opposed to the previous adaptation we watched. Yeah, the other yeah, I mean it's one of those like 
this is gonna sound weird i forgot that gwyneth paltrow can act yeah no me too because uh, i mean i think the only thing that i've knowingly seen her in like before she like i at least to me i knew her as gwyneth paltrow was like the iron man movies so oh, and pepper pots yeah she's pepper pots which is great all fine and dandy she does a great job in that but then like I got so distracted by the fact that she runs Goop now. And she's such a good actress, too. Like, she does such a good job as Emma. Yeah, like, it's one of those, like... Because she's so known... Like, I saw her on... Like, I liked her when she was on Glee back in, like, 2009, 2010. I, I thought she, she was fun. on Glee. I feel like Oh, my gosh. Was. She was... I loved her character on Glee because she, she was, like, this, like, raunchy, like... <laughs> should not have been anywhere near children. Oh, no. She oh, did, well, she did a cover of, tur- of Adele's Turning Tables, and it was actually, oh I liked God. it a lot. Oh, my God. Oh, and wow, she's this- saying forget you too oh my God. Um, what was glee as a show really what was it it was it was a wild time but yeah i saw her as like pepper which i feel like pepper doesn't really get a lot and this is not to insult gwyneth paltrow or anything but she pepper doesn't get doesn't, a lot to go with yeah it's just kind of like assistant and now wife to tony stark and that's about mm-hmm. it yeah pretty much uh, i oh, really I liked, liked her. the director oh sorry Oh, Shakespeare in Love. She was was also a fantastic movie yes. that she was in. I haven't seen all of that movie, like, in its entirety. So, growing up in my house, I feel like I explain this to a lot of people. Uh, growing up in my house, my dad specifically loves movies, and my mom is more of a TV shows person. So, there's always, like, TV in the background, like, if my mom was in the room, or a movie in the background if my dad was in the room. So I've seen a lot of like bits and pieces of a lot of really classic movies and TV shows, but I've never necessarily just like sat down and watched them all the way through. So Shakespeare in Love is one of those movies where I've seen parts of it and I know what happens mostly, but other than that, I don't really, um, I haven't seen all of it in one sitting. It was like that for Jaws for a very long time. I only watched Jaws because of Animal Planet. I watched Jaws because recently I watched it because my aunt lives on the beach and we were visiting friends who also live near her and we were like, oh, let's go grab dinner. She's like, actually, I'm going to the movie. Uh, Actually, I'm going to the movies on the beach. We're watching Jaws, which I feel like that was a power move. Like that's like watching Titanic on a cruise ship or like on an iceberg. No, I've heard of I've heard of a lot of places like beaches and like Mm -hmm. those like lakes, like places like Lake George of having like, oh, movies by the water and Jaws. Yep, it's always Jaws. I feel like it's always that one. It it was just like for the ton and check thing. Yeah, it was really fun, so I really enjoyed it. Um, anyway, so I, um, the reason why I was saying the writer... Um, the writer is also the director, so it's the same person. And he's also done a lot of stage productions. Um, like, he did the book for the musical, Beautiful, the Carol King musical. He did... Like, he he's written a lot of... It looks like a lot of stuff. He also did Bullets Over Broadway... So I mean, I so think he's that really a comes theater guy. I think he th- he it seems to me he is a theater guy who is also a writer and director, and if and that kind of makes sense because 
I think that's part of the reason why I really liked this movie because mm-hmm. it was very style like it was very stylized like the camera angles were very stylized and the physical there was a lot of physical comedy as well as like verbal comedy I guess would be the word Wit. dialogue Wit. Wit. there we go I'm like what are words words are hard the thing that Jane yes. Austen is known for Wit. <laughs> yes and exactly yes it felt like I felt like this one he got her like he got Jane Austen which is like it's good but it's like funny because wasn't the the previous movie was written by a woman and it was so like catty I feel like it was very much it felt the previous movie felt very much of I have a beautiful idea of what this will look like and I don't care about the story yeah exactly (laughs) because I think and I I want to talk specifically about Emma because it's really easy to make Emma a mean girl. It's, I feel like it's very easy if you don't get it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you have to understand that Emma is the queen of the town, but everything she does is out of love. Like, she does out of the kindness of her heart. Yeah, like she like, believes she's being kind, or she believes she's being like fu- funny. Except for when she's mean to Mrs. Bates, then she just thinks she's being funny. Well, I think she also is like, it was more annoyance, and it was more so much annoyance at Mrs. Bates that had built up for years, just finally yeah. released. But even like she prefers like she pref- like she really values kindness and charity, and like she values mm-hmm. Harriet over Mrs. Elton because Harriet's nice and she's fun to yeah. talk to. And, and oh my though, god, oh my god, yeah. can we talk about Mrs. Elton in this? Because Mrs. Elton, she was perfect. She was so different. I kind of loved her. Even I, like, loved I was supposed her. to hate her, but I know, yeah. but like I loved her because I hated her. Yeah, like I, I hated her so much and that's why I loved her. Because mm-hmm. she was so, like she was such a different type of Mrs. Elton. I feel like we get a lot of really good interpretations of Mrs. Elton. Because mm-hmm. Mrs. Elton is, she is the mean girl of Highbury, right? Yeah. Because she comes in, she doesn't know anybody. And like, in the miniseries, she's just very condescending and like rude the entire time. And then the previous version, she was very like fake nice. And it, and this one, she was just very like, Backhand. Everything was a backhanded compliment. Everything was like everything was backhanded. And if you didn't, if you weren't listening carefully, and it's like one of those things where it's like if you're not listening very carefully, you won't catch that she just insulted you. Oh yeah, and it was like the little things too. Like she kept on calling Mister Knightley Knightley, and it's like you just met the dude. Like just met this guy. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's like I can't like it took like calling a um, someone by their like nickname when you just met them. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like ugh, who does that? No. It's like or, you meet um, someone like like one of the like someone like if their name is Christopher or like I think Christines and Jens or Jennifers get very hung up on like the nickname thing. Where I always feel like I have to ask them. I'd be like, so do you go by Jennifer or do you go by Jen or Jenny? And like I'll let them tell me what they want to be called because I've I've learned that people with names that that can be turned into nicknames they get very offended. Well, that and also it's just one of those like especially like people whose names are often shortened. Like sometimes it's a growing up mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, 
like it's one of those like okay I'm not a kid anymore like yeah you're like okay okay but it's like not only that but how she was outright like I'm going to adopt Jane Fairfax and it's like you just got here like you just got here you just met her although I do always just love the interactions with Jane Fairfax in the miniseries like that's honestly probably my favorite part in the miniseries one is how Jane and Emma eventually become friends yeah I actually also liked I also liked this um Jane Fairfax yeah I liked this Jane too she was just kind of like and I liked this French French Frank Churchill I I feel like I feel like they kind of downplayed his what do we call it assholeness and they kind of played I feel like they they played more into the fact that Mr. Elton is a jerk and they just kind of were kind of like and Frank Churchill well I mean he's leading Emma on which is terrible but like at least I I was it was refreshing to see that they kind of cut out the part where he's like ugh I hate being rich my life is so terrible because after the last one where Emma was like "Ah, you hate being rich well I love it in the last movie that we watched I was like oh this is refreshing Mm -hmm. I feel like his entrance like perfectly like put it up like Emma like was stuck like Mm -hmm. so in the movie like Emma is stuck like in the middle of the road because it's rained like with her horse and carriage and he comes right on a horse and Mm -hmm. is like oh like ha is your feet is like your horse taking a bath in the water and she's like or is it like just about the turn of events and he said and then she was just like well I guess it's the latter and he's like okay good luck then and like nearly just like pieces out (laughs) I know he was like oh yeah well well, you live here now yeah I feel like this Frank (laughs) Churchill is just I feel like I feel like this Frank Churchill is the guy who doesn't know when to stop the joke. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if if Mr. Knightley yeah. did that, it would be like whatever. But yeah, exactly. But that's that's what makes Mr. Knightley different. Is Mr. Knightley knows this Emma. joke has gone too far. It's time to stop. And yeah, that's why I liked that different view of Frank Churchill because I feel like I mean, I feel like I talk about this all the time. Frank Churchill is the worst. But it was nice to see Frank Churchill not being the worst for once. I feel like he was all, he was like this scary kind of dude. Because there are some there are some men where I feel like it's or this is maybe the archetype of a character, but I have seen it in real life a little bit. Who are like, yeah, you're on my side. I'm like, look at us. Like we're great together. Like see how we like work well together as opposed to these other people that I totally insult and like it's actually actually across genders like it's very seen that way mm-hmm. yeah okay and it's like I'm one of those like at, cause like at the first one like Frank Churchill was discussing like oh who must have given like Jane that piano like it must have been Mr. Dixon because you know Jane mm-hmm. is so plain and like oh I don't want to deal with her yeah but here yeah it was clear he was just like Ooh, Jane. Like, it, it was clear that he he was, like, trying to do it all tongue-in-cheek. And he also, like, he also didn't do the thing where, like, Frank Churchill basically, like, pushes Jane too far and she, like, almost starts crying in the middle of a party. Mm-hmm. Like, where he just keeps bringing up Mr. Dixon. Mr. Dixon, remember how he saved your life, Mr. Dixon? She's like, will you stop? Yeah. Or maybe not crying, but she definitely, like, almost got upset. 
It's uh, it's unclear in the book, and there are some versions where she's basically crying, and there are some versions where she's yeah. not. Well, you know, God forbid Jane Austen writes a description. Except for Mr. Darcy being tall. He's tall. And, and Elizabeth has handsome. fine eyes. Yeah, exactly. She's like, ugh, fine, I will write exactly one description there. We got a good view of Pemberley, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, like, kind of good to see, like, I almost want to say, like, he was kind of, like, chauvinistic. Yeah, I could see that. He was a bit of a chauvinist. I, I yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked this interpretation. And then how eager, so Alan Cumming played Mr. Elton. Oh, my which, God. Which I was like, we're Broadway nerds, so that was really cool. <sighs> But he played, like, such an eager, intense Mr. Elton. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I love this Mr. Elton so much. It was so, like, why is Alan Cummings just so good in everything he does? And he's such a versatile actor, too. Like, you can watch him in the TV show The Good Wife. Or he's in Spy Kids as Floop. He's Floop in Spy Kids. I had no idea. Did you know that? Yeah, that was my first introduction to Alan Cummings, and I realized that years later, when I'm like, huh, listening to, like, Cabaret or something like that, and I'm like, huh, who's this guy on the Cabaret soundtrack? He's really good. That's the same person. He's also in Annie as the, what's it called? Miss Hannigan's uh, brother. Miss Hannigan's brother. I can't remember his name. Yeah, and it's like, what? But, What? Oh, so good. Insane. Yeah, we had, like... um, Yeah, well, again, like, with him being such an intense Mr. Elton, I felt like it was really obvious to, like, see that, yeah, here's someone where you don't know if he has a crush on you because he's just really intense with everything that he does. Yeah, he's just a super intense person. Like, you see it if you know the character, but if you don't know the character, you're like, no, no, I, I get I get it. I mean, it's the same thing with Frank Churchill, where it's just like, no, I can see why Emma would think he's in love with her. Yeah, and it's like, because, like, it's questioning, like, the, is this person being nice or is this flirting? Which can sometimes be a little bit of a, like, fu- like a fuzzy line. Yeah, very mm-hmm. fuzzy line sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which is, like... Yeah, which is, like, honestly, like, in real life, like, I've had friends that have had, like, issues with that before. Like, like, is this flirting? Is this real? Are you just being nice to me? And also, like, how weird... And it, I think the other, like, the interpretation I got is when we met the Eltons with Emma for the first time, it was in that moment that I realized, oh, Emma is... This is, like, someone with their exes, like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm going to bring oh, my hey. new partner to my ex's place. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, like, my favorite part is at one point, like, when Mrs. Elton's talking about the musical club, mm-hmm. um, she, like, just starts talking, like, bragging about herself. And then she's, like, talking about, like, how she basically downsized by marrying Elton, uh, Mr. Elton. And it was, a, it was very clearly a step down for her. And she's like, oh, no, it's okay. I have all these resources in here, in my heart. And, like, the look on his face, and this was, I, I feel like this was Alan Cummings, like, his instincts as an actor. He just looks like, oh, my God, this whole marriage was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I regret, I regret I wish so I many made, things. 
Oh, I wish I'd, like, if only Emma had said yes is probably yeah. what he was thinking. Yeah, like, that's the look on his face. It's like, if Emma had said yes, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be on the other side of the couch. Like, that moment when you just dissociate for a second and you just start daydreaming about what could have been. Like, that was the look on his face. Yep. And it was just, it was so funny to watch. It was so good. Honestly, this was probably the funniest version of Emma that we've seen so far. I feel like the miniseries, I feel like miniseries in general, when they're, like, older book adaptations, they always get, like, marketed as um, dramas. Even when they're not. Because I remember, like, the, Emma was listed as a drama, and then, like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, sure. I thought the BBC miniseries had... A decent amount of comedy moments, but yeah, no, it had a lot of com- it had a lot of comedy, but I feel like it was just like pushed as not a comedy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think like this one, yeah, I loved like the interactions between the Eltons, and I also I'm very judgmental of the Harriets. I liked this interpretation of Harriet. I really liked this interpretation of Harriet too. Because I thought she was perfect. She was yeah, because she wasn't. She clearly was just, like, in her, like, content with her small world at the beginning. But she wasn't Mm -hmm. stupid or plain. It was just, like, nope, she lives in a different world, like, and she's not used to this new world that Emma's kind of showing her. Yeah, exactly. It was so nice. It was so nice to see them. And there was, like, true friendship between them. Yeah, which is, I felt like there was, like, no way that, like, Emma in the last one could have really been friends with that Harriet. Like, no, no way. Mm-hmm. And also, I think one of my favorite moments of the film was when, like, like Emma's trying to set up Miss Harriet with Mister Elton, mm-hmm. and he's she's and Gwyneth is doing like the very like Wayne woman thing of like, mm-hmm. so tell so you should tell Mister Elton about what you did, and all Harriet can think of is like the amount of time she dropped things know, like in this poor woman's house. Oh my god, yeah, I thought of that. I felt that so hard because when, when I'm a wing woman for my friends, like, I, I am such an Emma in that moment where I am just like, yeah, I remember you did this cool thing, and then you also did this cool thing, and they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, shut up, just go with me. Yeah, and then you also did this cool thing, like recently I was like trying to set up like a double date with two of my friends they asked me to I wasn't being an Emma doing it against their wills but at one point like my friend who was like I guess the girl was like nervous that she was going to come off as clingy if she kept like pressuring the guy to respond and I was like it's okay I'm friends with both of you I'll be the annoying one I don't mind being annoying he's known me for many years and then she was just like thank you so much oh my god yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, as soon as, like, people ask you, like, oh, so, like, what do you do? Or, like, how's your weekend? All you can think of is, like, the boring stuff. Like, I know, right? When they're like, what did you do? And you're like, uh, do I do things? It's like when somebody asks you, what's your favorite book? And you're like, have I seen books before? What's a do book? Do I know how to read? Do I know how to read? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's like even like when it was like, so what about the soup? And all she could think about was how she near like she like nearly knocked out this poor old woman like trying to get the soup canister out. Like I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh Harriet. Yeah. This is a very yeah. Again, this is a very funny version because there is so much physical physical comedy. I feel like that's a very American thing, if that makes any sense. But it wasn't like 
what's the what's the pair that did dumber it wasn't like dumber and dumber kind of physical comedy it wasn't like slapstick (laughs) comedy but it was like let let me show characterization of these quirky personalities through humor like it was was like like, oh oh like awkward stylized yeah it was almost like quasi i would say mr bean like yeah exactly dry still feels very british but still like Nope, I've totally been there where like you're trying to help someone out and you just keep yep. on knocking everything down. Yeah, you're just like I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna stop. Yeah, or that scene. Oh my god, the proposal scene with Mr. Elton in the carriage with Emma was mm-hmm. probably the funniest proposal scene that we I've seen so far. And it was like I wrote down it's everything I could have hoped for uh, because <laughs> first they're sitting first you know they're sitting normal in a carriage like he's on one side Emma's on the other and Emma's just like ha oh, what a lovely day she's like looking out the window she's like just like kind of like like musing about the day and everything and then all of a sudden he like jumps over to the other side of the carriage she'll be like I must tell you right now I'm in love with you and she's like what 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 and then he's like trying to grab her hand and she's like no 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 don't touch my hand and she like pulls it away and it's like trying to pretend trying to like play it cool and she's obviously flustered and he just keeps going she's like nope 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 and then she like gets up and switches sides and then he switches sides too and there was like a lot of like that going back and forth Mm mm-hmm yeah, and, like, I think it was, like, the scene previous where it was just, like, oh, thank you for letting me know of, like, Miss Miss Woodhouse's, like, no, Emma's Miss Woodhouse, like, of Miss Smith's, like, illness, like, a sore throat is a terrible thing, and they're, like, yeah, like, it's pretty bad, mm-hmm. like, having a cold like that, and yeah. then he's, like, yes, and this is why I think, Emma, you should never speak to that woman ever again, and it's, like, what? <laughs> okay. And he doesn't come off as a creep, like, it's just one of those, like, it was, like, so well like phrased and like shocking yeah that it was funny yeah it was just like uh, uh, okay yeah it was like one of those things where it was like too far too far bro how about no too spicy too spicy mm-hmm. too spicy let's not I really liked the lighting in this movie um I don't know if um what you thought of it but I noticed that they played with the shadows kind of like the way old movies do you see it a lot in like black and white movies where they like use like silhouettes and shadows to kind of like like sometimes there would be a shadow across most of Emma's face and it just kind of highlighted her eyes so you could see like her like reaction to oh Mr. Knightley's leaving or like when her and her father say goodbye to everybody like there was a lot of different stuff with lighting in this like her father and her saying goodbye to everybody and now they're in the shadows because everybody's gone and it's just the two of them I liked the lighting for a different reason is kind of granted I'm not as much of like a film analyst um, I really liked the lighting because it felt more in character with the world because yes it also felt like that too yeah the last one was so dark and bright and it's like like when it was like dark party scenes like they were reading by candlelight and it actually behaved a little bit more like candlelight Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that Um, which is that's how the world was like as opposed to like almost quasi fluorescent bright lights yeah that that was so like it was like you know when you turn the brightness up way up on an Instagram filter that was what the previous movie was like mm-hmm. and even like the um, the BBC miniseries that we liked like it was very like 
you know, you could tell that it was like a modern film. Yeah, it was a very BBC mini series. And it was like this one that definitely felt a little bit more old school. Granted, it's like 20, like 7, 28 years old. But yeah, and I mean, they definitely have had more money than I bet the BBC miniseries had. That's not a question. (laughs) Yeah, but they did a lot of similar things like with the set pieces, which is what I really like because I loved how they used the set to kind of highlight the different characters' situations. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that was, I think that was something that I was ranting about last week, um, was, like, the set for Miss Bates's apartment and everything. How it was like, this doesn't look like an apartment of a woman who is living mm. beyond, who's, like, living past her means or anything like that. Someone who has to, like, watch their, um, their spending and stuff. Yeah, like, or somebody who, like, very clearly, like, can't afford a big, lavish house like mm. Emma. Because that was the problem, was, that, that was my problem with the previous one, is, like, this set is very pretty, but it looks like a generic, like, upper class person. Like this, like the person who lives in this house is Emma's equal mm-hmm. in standing and in money and everything. This doesn't look like somebody who is just like, like because they didn't get married and had to because they had to take care of their aging mother, mm-hmm. and then and then like another and then. Their late sisters, um, sisters, yeah, late sisters' child. Um, like this doesn't look like the house of somebody who had to make that choice to give Jane away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the house of some that like that was, in the previous movie. That was the house of somebody who sent Jane away. Yeah. This is. I do have to say I don't know how I felt about Miss Bates in this one. Because I liked her, yeah. I thought the actress did a good job with her reaction of, like, the nasty comment that Emma gave her. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, that was a really good reaction, and this is, like, the first reaction where they actually, where Mrs. Bates said, Miss Bates said all those things of, oh, oh, I didn't realize that I, I must have offended her so much, I, I, oh, oh no, and she says all those things in, to Mr. Knightley in front of Emma. Yeah. yeah, and how, like, she's apologizing profusely, because, like, I mean, look, we all know Chatterbox, like, she's proud, that's probably something she's really sensitive about, is, and, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a lot to look forward to in her life. Yeah. It's, like, those, like, you know, those, like, empty nesters that, like, all they do is talk about their kid, like, mm-hmm. their, like, the accomplishments of their adult kid, it's like, yeah, because maybe... Maybe, yeah, they do need to get a hobby, but right now this is all that's kind of keeping them going. Yeah, and, like, this is, yeah. I, I will say, though, I understood Emma's frustration with this version of Miss, Miss Bates because this version of Miss Bates, um, I coined the term, or maybe I didn't coin it or stole it from somebody else. She likes to Kanye the conversation. Like, remember the throwback to, like, a bajillion years ago when Kanye stole the mic during Taylor Swift's speech and just started talking about how great Beyonce was? And, yeah. So, I feel like this version of Miss Bates did that, where she just kind of, like, took over the conversation. Because, like, at several points throughout the movie... Emma's trying to have a conversation. She's trying to have like a very pleasant conversation or share something with Miss Bates, and then all of a sudden, Miss Bates just takes over the conversation. And Emma's like, "Ah, oh, okay, okay, I'll talk later, I guess." Yeah, I kind of saw that a little bit. Not gonna lie. Although here is kind of my issue with Miss this version of Miss Bates mm-hmm. is I personally do not think 
that you need to be... I felt like she was very much, like, dowdy and a little bit caricature-esque up until that moment when she was in Sultan. Yeah. And just... I don't think she needs... I liked the idea of... The, I really like the idea of like, no, Emma, this is a path that you could go down someday. Yep. And if like you don't, you know, like depending on how long you live, mm-hmm. depending on like how your father lives, like this, yeah, like this, this could, could be you be someday. Your life. This could be your life so, one day. Just because I do, I feel like she was like very mousy, very dowdy, and like the reason she didn't get married was more because no one wanted to get marry her as opposed yeah. to. No, she yeah. felt the need to take care of her family. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's something that I really liked about the miniseries. Because, the, like we were talking, like you said, they definitely talked about how, nope, this could be Emma one day. Because, I mean, Isabella, her sister, clearly expects her to take care of her father. So, mm-hmm. who else is going to do it? Yeah, but for me, that's like a difference of interpretation. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. like, these are just difference of interpretations. Yeah, I agree with that, because, I mean, when you read the book, it never specifies why she never got married. Which is also why, like, we kind of, like, this is part of the reason why we like doing this podcast, is to, like, see these works and, like, they're different iterations of, like, what people perceive, mm-hmm. like, from the words that are written. That's what's great about Jane Austen, is she leaves so much open to interpretation, which is really good, because I think that also makes her books really re-readable. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not the type of person who really rereads books. Or, like, I'm also the type of person who doesn't like to go back to, like, places they vacationed before because I want to see more things and, like, read more books. So, like, for me it, to say something was really rereadable or I didn't mind watching that again, like, that, that to me, that's a big deal. If I can say that. Um, yeah. But Dawn is the opposite. I know what's gonna happen. It's comforting, and I want to relive those moments where, or like, are Mr. and Mrs. Darcy, or are Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy really gonna get together? Who knows? I don't know. I know. Oh my god, I was still, I will still cry. I like almost started crying. I I liked that the whole talk with where Miss Bates is like, oh, I must have really offended Emma. I'm, I feel awful. Like I don't know what I did. I'm so sorry. And then uh, you can see Emma knows that she did something bad. But, like, you, you can kind of tell she's like, no, but I, I'm going to hold my ground because that was a really funny thing to say, which was so relatable. And then you, you see Mr. Knightley kind of try to do damage control. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how about you accompany me, Miss Bates, to go pick some more strawberries? It was like, that was a good move. Good, good, not boyfriend, but basically boyfriend move. Mm-hmm. Sometimes then- it happens. I think it was also this was this did a really good job of being like does Mr. Knightley like Emma does he like Harriet even though we know what he said about Harriet like mm-hmm. yeah even though like most people who have like read the book like I feel like a lot of people who go into these movies are people who've read Jane Austen books yeah I feel like it did a good job of still kind of suspending that belief of like wait who does he really like mm-hmm. yeah and I also like how he kind of starts off being like Emma you're ridiculous and I see you as a sister not as anything else uh, that line when and he's then, like oh there's like that light of the dance when he's like you know we oh are God, not yes. brother and sister no no we are she's like I will dance with you if you will ask me we are not that much brother and sister and he's like no no we're not 
And then he's like, he like checks her out. He does like the look up, look down thing. I was like, oh, it's getting spicy in this British movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was a, that was really good. I really liked how. I mean, you could kind of tell that he was kind of like softening towards Emma. Mm-hmm. And you could also tell that Emma's, like, attitude... Like, I think Gwyneth Paltrow's Emma was a lot more haughtier than the previous Emma's. Yes. That we saw. Yeah, she was definitely haughtier, but there were so many moments where it was very humanizing, where, like, she would, like, she would say very haughty things, and then, like, later when she was, like, alone with her father and Mr. Knightley, that's when she would, like, the bravado would go away, and she would say, no... You're probably right, Mr. Knightley. I was an asshole. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I think the friendship between, like, Emma and Mr. Knightley was, like, so apparent. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved how they were oh, both... Oh, yeah, I loved that. ...shooting arrows. Oh, I loved, like, how they were both shooting arrows, and at one point he was just like, just because you're mad at me, please don't shoot my dogs. Like... I know! I thought that was so funny. I feel like that was the Regency England equivalent of playing Counter-Strike with the boys while you're, like, having a conversation. And be like, yeah, now I'll tell you about my day. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just die? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Except so with actual projectiles. I know. I, I loved that. I thought that was so fun. I love when these movies show the different activities that were available in Regency England. So much needlepoint was done in this movie. Oh, my movie. God, so much needlepoint. I also love the, like, aggressive needlepointing. Which is, if anyone like who listens to us is crafters, which is highly probable, um, you prob- you know how like frustrating that it can be. The amount of people I've I've been a knitter like for like most of my life at this point, I would say, which is kind of weird to say. And yeah. like the amount of like frustration when people ever come to me and they're like, "Oh, you knit, so it must be so relaxing." I'm like, "No, you don't understand." I it need is, to, but like, also not. Yeah, angrily. It depends like, if you're making something. If you're making something. With a pattern, yes, it's stressful. If you're just knitting a scarf, it's annoying. Well, I think it, it depends on, like, the section. Like, I hate binding off and I hate weaving in ends. Mm. And, like, that part mm. will get me every time. And there's also, like, a certain time. Like, I've just learned that I need to do smaller. I need to just take on more smaller projects as opposed to bigger projects. Yeah. That's what I realize every time I try to knit a scarf. Scarves take a long time. They do, and I hate it. Anyway, so <laughs> anywho, but anyway, um, back yeah, because they like showed more like slice of life between Mister Knightley and Emma, like while they were I having these them. conversations. That wasn't just oh, we're in the drawing room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so nice that they like actually were like friends. And the whole their whole relationship in this movie really reminded me of I think. It's oh, it's literally the show Friends, and how like kind of the thesis of that show is you have to have a solid foundation of friendship to have a good relationship. Because I mean, that's why Chandler and Monica work so well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good, so good. Oh my god! And then when Knightley, Mr. Knightley, proposes to her at the end. Well, oh, first of all, like gosh. after. Well, also like okay, so then they make up after Knightley's like. That was badly done, Emma. And I also like how he wasn't just yelling at her, because I feel like it's so easy for Mr. Knightley to just come across as like, Emma, you're a jerk, and just like yelling at her all the time, especially mm-hmm. for like after she makes that comment to Miss Bates. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it would be so easy for her to just like, him to just lecture her and yell at her all the time. Mm-hmm. But like he was he was very gentle in his delivery of it, and he was like, "Emma, no, you you can't say those things." And he was you could tell he was trying to like get her to understand and like talk to her as like like one as equals, mm-hmm. as opposed to just yell at her and like berate her. Which mm-hmm. would have been an easy thing to do. But, like, that's... And then that's what makes her cry. It's not him yelling at her makes her cry. It's him saying, Emma, no, do you understand what you did? Like, let me explain to you why this was a bad move. And you need to, like, apologize and make up for it. Here's why you were mean. Here's why this was a dick move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the oh, and then and then they make up. Uh, uh, but I really liked. Oh, oh my god, I just liked everything, like especially at the end, like how. Uh, but I I didn't like how when Jane go well, not Jane, um, when Emma goes to visit Miss Bates, she doesn't get a chance to say she's sorry. Initially, yeah, because Miss Bates is like, oh, just tell her I'm not here. Oh, I felt so bad. I, I know it's oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. And it's so because, like, this this really... Sh- and, like, kind of when, like, the first time that we see, like... We had kind of, like, gotten a glimpse of, the dra- of like, Mrs. Bates's apartment when she was, mm-hmm. um... When they were, like, when Harriet had come with her for the first time. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, seeing it, like, entering, like, having to go up the... Like, seeing the outside like having to go upstairs and like hear like up the small like shuffles of like things being put away Mm -hmm. it kind of like put into a new light like yeah she's in an entirely different class than you yeah and she's yeah and then oh yeah there's that added line um that added part is that added part that Knightley says where he's talking he's talking about the whole thing oh yeah and he says she has like she has seen you like when she first when Miss Bates first met you, it was an honor for you to be noticed by her. Mm-hmm. And now look at how she has to live. Oh, that was such a good line. Oh, I... that was like knife in the gut. And I think that's when that's when Gwyneth starts crying and I'd, like that made me tear up because like I felt so bad. Oh. You definitely notice the classist undertones in this movie a lot more than... I mean, it comes across in the miniseries, but it did not come across at all in the previous movie. Yeah, I think... Mm, or not the classist undertones necessarily, but, like, the, like, subtle remarks about classism. Mm-hmm. And like, because, I mean, that's Mrs. Elton's entire character. And also, like, Mrs. Goddard's school was not a prev- like, was not mentioned at all, other than this is where Harriet lives. Yep, this is where Harriet went to school. It's like, as opposed to, like, oh, these girls are a part of the town, like, here's, like, how the- here's happy little villagers. Mm-hmm. It was, like, yeah. very much, like, and it's, it, it keeps on, I think this is something that I keep on realizing, like, Harriet really doesn't have any options in this town, in this world. Yeah. If she hadn't become friends with Emma, she would have literally nothing. No, I mean, she... Yeah, well, she probably would have just married Robert Martin and had a very small life, but now she has a life with friends. Mm Mm-hmm. She has a life with friends, and, like... 
I feel like she understands more of what she wants now. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm actually happy, like, living on a farm in this nice little house. Because, that, mm-hmm. like, the house is nice. Like, it's just a farmhouse. Like, it's not... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I also noticed um, how when Harriet runs into Robert Martin with Emma, like, Emma, you know, instead of Emma, like, turning away and, like, turning her nose like she did in the 2020 version, um, this version of Emma was just kind of, like, the third wheel. She was just like, oh, oh, okay. They're just gonna talk. Oh, cool. It was, like, someone that she, like, did, like, the polite, like, wave and, like, smile to. And not, Mm -hmm. like... I feel like people will have, like, people definitely know what I'm talking about. Like, they're like, hi! Like... Oh, hi! Like, kind of wave. I don't know you that well. Hi! But then, like, she was just like, oh, we're actually talking to you about your thoughts and your feelings. What? Oh, okay. And I'm I, talking to you. This is, like, a tiny detail that I, like, appreciated. I liked the fact that they mentioned the name of the book that Harriet liked, which was, like, Romances of the Forest or something like that. Yes. And it shows that, like, Harriet loves a good cheesy romance. And, like, she would have totally Harriet been insulted. Harriet is a cheesy romance. Yeah. Like, if Harriet were alive today, she would be totally, like, downing all of those, like, paperback romances that you like see like at airports which I think is totally cool like if you're into that awesome like Mm -hmm. I think it also informs her character too Mm -hmm. because I think towards the end um, the narrator is like but even Harriet Smith couldn't be in love with three guys in the same year and it's like oh shit that's right this has all happened in one year yeah she's just she's just like oh yeah like she was like that girl in like high school and middle school where she like always had a crush on someone Mm -hmm. because like she's like obsessed like reads way too many like romance Mm -hmm. books which i think is something that like a lot of like young people kind of get into if you like if you're really into like reading romances Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I think is why the 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 line, I think I am in love again. I, I liked how Emma was just like, oh boy, here we go again. Cool. Oh, oh I'm like, great. The other thing with, like, Harriet was, like, her, like, her little pouch that was, like, Harriet's finest treasures. And it's, like, a scrap of bandage, extra bandage that he played oh, around with. Harriet. Like, an old pencil that he left behind one day. Like, yep. but... To be fair, like, that's totally on brand for someone who's, like, a late teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, late teenager, oh, yeah, early totally 20s. totally on brand. Yeah, and I, I love how Jane Austen and the, um, Douglas What's-His-Face, I forget the name, the full mm-hmm. name. Douglas What's-His-Face. Um, the, uh, and this director and writer treat that kind of character. Like, they don't make fun of her. They're just like, she's just a, a young girl in love. Yeah, especially because I think when reading Austin, because we're not used to that language anymore, like, because it's 200 Mm -hmm. years old, we just, like, we sometimes forget about the fact that, no, Harriet is a silly young girl, like... She'd probably be a Swifty. She'd just be blasting the Taylor Swift song. It's like when everybody made fun of Taylor Swift and, like, compared Taylor Swift to Adele, which is like, okay, that's not even apples and oranges, that's, like, apples and, like asparagus like they're not really the same mm-hmm. uh, I don't know which is which anyway um, but the and people were like Adele is married like I remember when we were when I was in high school uh, 
people were like, Adele is married and has a child on the way. Like, they're both the same age. They were, like, 23 at the time. Adele is married and has a child on the way. And Taylor Swift is still writing songs about guys and just, like, dating, like, going on dates left and right. And I remember even my high school self was just like, so she's being a 23-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, I feel like, like that's yeah. I feel like that's the difference between Emma and Harriet in this version, where it's just like Harriet's Taylor Swift, so she's just being being a girl, and Emma's just like, nah, I'm good fan. And also, Adele's newest album is about her divorce. So yeah. Also, yeah, I think about that all the time. <laughs> I think about that not, not all the time, but I definitely think about it sometimes, like more than I normally would, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, hmm, that went well. This is also, like, coming from someone who is not really, like, a Taylor Swift fan. I actually really... I liked some of, like, the more popular stuff, and I definitely really liked um, Folklore and Evermore. Those are kind of more my Mm -hmm. style. But, like, I will have to say this. Like, Taylor... Like, people have compared, like, Taylor... I think Rolling Stone once compared, like, Taylor Swift to Bruce Springsteen in, in, like, songwriting. And, like, say mm-hmm. what you want, but she is an amazing songwriter. Like, Yeah, she's a good songwriter. Like, it's pretty basic as far as, like, lyrics. Like, she's really good at, like, lyrics. Like, it's pretty basic as far as, like, music and, like, chord progressions go. But, like, whatever. But that's, like... But well, she's pop. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't need but she, to be. It's fine. And also, there are songs that you rem- that you know how to sing, like that you can sing bad. Yeah, exactly. Which is what makes pop yeah, great. You can sing it. Is you know exactly. how to sing it's it. It's catchy as hell. Exactly. It's catchy as hell. You can sing it. Mm-hmm. You can hum it. That's the key to writing a catchy song. Yeah, and I think the other like so we're talking about class differences to kind of bring it back into Austin is too. Mm-hmm. I think one of my. F- like, another scene where we kind of saw the class differences was where Emma was confiding in Harriet on a carriage ride, insulting mm-hmm. Mrs. Elton and Tuck calling her hottie, and, like, she said hi to every single villager by name. Yep. And she knew literally every single person. It's like, yeah, because almost, like, Emma has this weird juxtaposition where she kind of cares, where she's kind of, like, she is kind of classist, she's pretty classist, but also she's kind mm-hmm. of not classist. Yeah, at the beginning, she definitely, like, has her more classist moments. I feel like a modern version of Emma would be like, I don't want you to be around farmers because it's dirt. And dirt is gross. Well, I think of it as more with, um... Clueless. Like, the high school... Like, the weird, like, Mm -hmm. high school, like, social dynamics, like, that they have. Yeah. Where you're, like, nice to everybody, but then there's, like, a couple of fringe groups where you're like, we don't talk to those people. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because it's like, I mean, it, those are kind of like everywhere, like in different workplaces, like mm-hmm. amongst different like social, like neighborhoods, especially like mm-hmm. those kind of social circles. But like, I feel like it's like most defined and like teenagers are like just kind of admitting like, yeah, it's that. And I remember once when I was in high school, my like, we were talking about similar like class dynamics, I think in like a Shakespearean novel or may no, I think it was actually The Great Gatsby. Shakespearean novel, wow, that's not, that doesn't exist, Shakespearean play, um, <laughs> or, I think it was actually The Great Gatsby, like, talking about different, like, social classes, and, like, party, and our teacher was just like, well, yeah, like, do this, and, like, this, the person who was, like, the most gossipy person ever, like, the one who was, like, always insulting other people, was just like, 
what do you mean? Like, clicks aren't actually a thing. Like, we don't have that here. We don't have that thing. And it's, like, really, like, so blah, 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 protecting their name. Would mm-hmm. you, like, accept anyone talking to them? And she's like, yeah, I would. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. And then a week later, BS. the teacher asked, oh, is anyone going to senior prom? I just heard, is anyone going to prom? And I raised my hand. I wasn't going to senior prom. And I just remember her looking at me and being like, you're going to senior prom who would take you a week after a week after she said there's no such thing as clicks but there is such a thing as a bitch Um, if dawn and i had been friends in high school things would be very different i feel like i don't know what the i don't know i don't know if my high school could have handled that like no your high school could not have handled it so like i was talking about this with one of my other friends who we are very similar she's gonna be a guest for the clueless episode my friend kelly um and we were talking about how we did not grow up together we became friends through my husband um and now we're closer friends than he is with her so whatever i got her i won anyway um but we were talking about how, like, yeah, being in high school was weird. Because, um, like, nobody's going to be mean to the kid who's meaner, who can be meaner than the bully. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, like, somebody tried to say something to me like that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, your dad drinks or something like that. I'd just be like, shut it down. Oh, jeez. Okay, maybe change that one. Okay. Um cut that one out replace it with this and be like oh yeah who would take you to prom i don't know maybe i just go by myself because i'm not afraid of being alone i actually did go to prom myself by myself that year there and my, go. my mom bought me a corsage oh it was really sweet of her anyway um but and yeah just like, like no one no one will take me i'm going by myself but, like, Emma's, like, not scared to interact in the town, and, like, she's, ha- like, I think that's kind of the nice thing is even though Emma's, like, very high class is, like, she still enjoys her small town things, and, like, to kind yeah. of add on to that, mm-hmm. I really liked how she, like, like, when, I think, like, one of my favorite interactions was, like, when Emma's, like, well, you should go to the ball, because it'll be fun, and we'll get to hang out, and then we'll get to watch other people dance, and we can talk, and we we can people watch, and Mr. Knightley was, like, I don't, I just want to be cozy in my house that I have by myself with my dogs. Such a mood, such a mood. And, like, it's just, Emma's just, like, you know what I, like, kind of, like, that sounds kind of nice, like, it's one of those, like, this is an Emma that enjoyed staying home. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the other, like, very typical thing was right after, like, Emma breaks the news about, like, about, like, oh, Mr. Elton has married. She mm-hmm. brings, she shows Harriet newborn, she shows Harriet puppies. Oh, my God, that was so cute. I was like, yes, Emma, good friend move. Look at the puppies. Look at the, oh, look, look at, the at their eyes. Feel the paw. Like, it's just one of those, like, yeah, of course, like, yeah. let's go to a petting zoo. Let's look at puppies to make you feel better. Distraction. Distraction. Like, Distraction. The other, like, and this is why I really love the screenplay, is, like, as it was like, well, look at his eyes. And it was like, Mr. Elton has brown eyes. And it's like, half the, it's like, most of the world has brown eyes. I know, it was so funny. Oh my, I love that part. Mr. Elton has brown eyes. Are you, and, and then Emma's just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, ugh. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, this version of Emma, I, I liked, it was a different one. And I mean, they kind of set it up in the beginning, because the beginning, the opening, like, you have the globe. 
And at first I was like, why are they showing me a globe? And then it zooms in to, like, England, and then it zooms in more, and then it's just like, oh, this is the town! Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the voiceover where they changed the opening line. It was different. They said something about... Oh, I wrote it down, because I thought it was interesting, and now I can't find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In a time where one's town is one's world, and the actions at a dance excited greater interest than the movement of armies. There lived a girl who knew how the world should be run, or something like that. And... Like, it kind of set the tone that, like, this is an Emma who is content living in her small town. Whereas the Emma in the miniseries had the wonder, had wonderlust. She was like, I would love to be able to travel, which is why I love the ending in the miniseries where it doesn't end with the she wedding. She got to it see ends, the sea. Yeah, she, it ends with her in the sea. I can. And, like, this version, it ends with her wedding, but, like, it ends at the reception with her, her and her friends. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. So overall, I think this was a good interpretation of Emma. Mm-hmm. It was a good, but de- different, but good interpretation of Emma. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was kind of classic, too. Like, Yeah. I definitely, I felt like, you know how in Pride and Prejudice you have the movie that's like, more interpretational yeah. than the miniseries, which is very... Pardon the pun. Buy the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like for Emma, it was flipped, where the miniseries is very interp... Had, the, like, the... I mean, they changed up the, the timelines and everything. Not the timelines, but, like, they showed you the parallels between Jane Fairfax, Frank Churchill, and Emma. Mm-hmm. And, like, that gave you... That gave me, and I think we talked about this in the episode about the miniseries, like, a completely different view of the book itself because we're like oh wow I never thought about how they're like all parallels of each other and this one was very by the book and it was very focused on like look at Emma with her nice little life and her nice little town she can have it all all right so let's see would there be so who do you think earns the kitty award I think Mrs. Elton yeah but Rightfully so. I feel honored to give it to Always. Mrs. Elton. Yes. No, she was hilarious. Because she was properly annoying, especially with her, like, well, I don't compliment myself, but this is what my friends say about me. Yeah, oh my god. She was such an Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. She was Alexis like, I've Rose. been told. Yeah, she's like, I've been told that I have an amazing sense of style. I've been told that my plane is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Also, I love how, like, they left when it was like, let's all compliment Emma, and Mrs. Elton was like, I'm going to leave my own party. (laughs) Mrs. Elton was like, I'm out, bye. I also, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, that scene, like, right before Frank does that, they changed what happens, where instead of him flirting with Emma, it's like him overhearing Mrs. Elton talking to Jane, and and Jane is like, and um, she's like, oh, so where are you going to work as a governess? You know, you don't have many other options if you're not a governess and you can't get married. And then that's when Frank is just like, let's entertain Emma as a, like, a, let's talk about literally anything else. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, kind of depressing, like... Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, poor Jane. Like, yeah. But at least Emma and Harriet are happy. This Emma and Harriet are happy. And I think I have more faith in this version of Frank Churchill that, like, 
him and Jane would be happy together because again like this version of Frank Churchill is like a guy who doesn't know when to end the joke I feel like Jane would be so happy if she were just able to hang out with her aunt and her grandmother and play her piano yeah I feel like that's all she wants I feel like maybe that's all Frank will like that's all she needs from Frank and like Frank can go do his shenanigans so you know what? What else can you act? Oh, I also loved the friendship between Mrs. Weston and Emma. I feel like that was like the the core of this movie. That one felt also very genu- genuine. Yeah, it was so genuine, and like you kind of see that the reason why Emma starts matchmaking is because she's like, well, I, or why she gets um, involved with Harriet is because she's like, well. You know, Mrs. Weston or Miss Taylor was such a good influence on me. I wanted to do the same thing for somebody else. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's actually like a really nice reason to take some one under, it's like some random person, I guess, under your wing. So I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we also have the clueless. Oh, who was the most clueless? Um, I would say Mr. Woodhouse because he was like not present. <laughs> He was not present. He, no, no, he really was. We didn't get a lot of Mr. Woodhouse action. Yeah, we didn't, which is surprising. Oh, yeah, speaking of Mr. Woodhouse, I realized in, like, the beginning of the film that uh, they mentioned Emma's mother passing in this movie, in this version, um, but in the 2021, they never mentioned it. Hmm. Like, they never mentioned the fact that Emma's mother died. Yeah, I was surprised, like... Yeah, which was r- just really odd. It is, like, traumatic when that happens, like... Yeah, it, and it's, like, the whole reason, you know, why Mr. Woodhouse doesn't want anybody to leave him. And, yeah, um, so, yeah Mr. Woodhouse gets the most clueless award. Who is the Wickham Award? I feel like the Wickham Award has to go to Mr. Elton in this one. But, yeah, like, I it's guess... Alan Cumming, so, again, I feel like it's an honor. But, like, um... not for the usual reason... I guess I don't he's know. He's just the most would, he's just the worst guy in this movie. I would still say Mr. Churchill because like the way that he like keeps like the engagement a secret for so long and then like is like I'm going to insult Jane in front of Emma and maybe get Emma's yeah. like I'm going to hint at the fact that I'm interested in Emma even though I know I'm engaged to Jane. It's just like it's really yeah. sleazy. Yeah, it was really sleazy. Although I did notice that they tried to like pan to Jane several times and Jane like kind of like smiled at him? I couldn't tell if she was like smiling at him like in a that's my boo over there or if she was smiling at him like a I know you belong to me kind of way. I don't think that Jane was this smug. I think this Jane just wanted to live her life. Yeah, this, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, this Jane was chill. Um, Chamber Oh yeah, I also liked, oh, I'm sorry. I I just want to say, I also liked how Emma was actually good at the piano and singing. What I actually liked is she was decent at it. Yeah, like, she was actually, like, good, but then, like, Jane comes in and Jane is just, like, amazing. hmm Like, I she also- was a solid good, and you get why she would be like, oh, okay, like, sure, yeah, I guess, like, oh, no, I don't need to, and then somebody's like, okay, I'll just ask Jane. She's like, oh, okay, let me do it. Yeah, I think, and it was... Yeah, like, she was good, and it's just one of those, like, oh, that was lovely. And then we hear, like, Jane, who's basically a professional, and is like, oh. Yeah, like, oh, okay, Jane, okay. 
Yeah. Can those come back? One of my friends ha- has, like, piano and, like, show tunes parties where, like, there's literally just, like, a piano in their apartment and he'll invite a bunch of people over. And they'll just play random show tunes, like, all night. There's a bar in New York City that's like that. It's so nice. I don't I want know. to say the name of it because it's already too crowded, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love places like that. Like, we should bring parties like that back. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> All right. So, she, the Chamber Pot Award. Yes. Um, Chamber Pot Award. I feel like the Chamber Pot for Award for this is always the Gypsies thing. Although, I will yeah. say in this one, I'm glad they we actually scary. got... Yeah, in this one, like, I get why they were scared. Like, it wasn't just like, ooh, gypsies and, like, racism. Just, like, blatant, just, oh, okay. Um, yeah, like, this one, I was like, oh, this is a scary situation, but I don't, I, I, I don't know about you, but I thought Emma was, like, trying to be a boss, because she was, like, in it, like, trying to rescue Harriet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. While they were wa- while like Harriet was like on the ground like trying to not be mugged, yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was like scary, like because they they like they actually yeah. seemed like you know like shady characters. Yeah, like you just see them randomly, and then like she's like trying to walk past them, and then they start following them, and then you hear one of them shout like "Get her purse!" Yes, again, the fact that they didn't say out loud the fact that they're like gypsies. Yeah, and they also, that was nice that they didn't say it, like, out loud. you just like, oh, these are random people in a tent. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else? I feel like I have a bunch of other notes, but I feel like we also covered everything. All right. So, this, so, do you think, uh, do you think Jane Austen would approve of this adaptation? I think so. I think so, too. Because I I feel feel like like this guy got it. It's very. Tr- it feels very true to her work, mm-hmm. and like Emma, she's likable, but her qualities have not been watered down. Yes, I agree with that. Like you can understand Emma's point of view, and she hasn't been watered down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you can see why some people would like Emma, and she's not the she's not a cup of tea for some people. And I also just I love how you can watch. Mr. Knightley fall in love with her and you also see her like she's very clearly in love with Knight- with Mr. Knightley like the entire time mm-hmm. I feel like I have to correct myself every time I say Knightley so that way and, and change it to Mr. Knightley so that way I don't like come across as Mrs. Elton mm-hmm. um, but yeah you just see him like fall in love with her throughout the film Mm-hmm. As opposed to the last one, like, the 2021, where he's just, like, kind of yelling, yelling, yelling. I love you! What? So this has been Austin and the 8-Train. Next week we are diving, we're still on our Emma season, and next week we are diving into Emma Approved, which is the web series that um, followed suit after the very famous Lizzie Bennet Diaries. So, Colleen, anything to plug? Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about things other than Jane Austen, so you should watch it. Actually, my video that I posted earlier was about starting a podcast, so watch it. All right. Um, you can check us on out on patreon.com slash austinandtheatrain for some really cool perks, as well as check us out on our Twitter and Instagram. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.